with us this morning, uh, Pastor Brian Smith of Wildwood Church. Good morning, sir. Hey, Thank you morning. for stopping by. Absolutely. Nice to meet you, Seth. It's nice for you to, to meet you, too. And uh, looking forward to what you have for us this morning is digging into God's Word. Amen. Yep, the book of Philippians. It's known as the Joy Letter. Mm-hmm. And as you read through it, it's obvious why it's the Joy Letter. Paul begins with joy. He laces joy throughout the four chapters. But it's not a mystery as to why Paul is so joyful. What causes Paul who is writing from prison, right? to rejoice. How, think about that for just a second. Take a step back. Would you expect that that would be the most joyful letter that you've ever written uh, from prison? Definitely not. <laughs> and yet, that is the reputation of this mm-hmm. letter, is joy. But it's not a mystery, like I said, why it's a joy for him. He tells us in Philippians 1, verse 3, he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. So whenever Paul thinks about this church and his experience with this church, he thinks with joy, mm-hmm. and it causes him great, uh, sent, just this warm, fuzzy feelings. Maybe you've mm-hmm. had that. Uh, your spot was, what are the things that causes us to have great mm-hmm. memories? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are just some people— in our lives, that no matter how long it's been since we've had an experience with them, we think of them with great joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about First Baptist Red Oak in Red Oak, Texas, a small suburb south of, south of Dallas. And if ever there was a perfect church, that was it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it only existed in my mind. Right. <laughs> uh, the perfect church. Right, the perfection of it. Exactly right. Uh, but what made it perfect? What made it perfect was that these group of people walked with my wife and I through the most difficult times of our life, the mm. loss of my daughter. Mm. And so even now, that 18 years removed from that, I still think with fondness mm. upon those people. Yeah. And in my mind, that will forever be the perfect church. Now, I served on staff at that church a couple of years later, and all of a sudden, it's not a perfect church. <laughs> you know, reality sits in. But why does Paul think with such fondness or such joy about these people? He tells us in verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Mm-hmm. That word, partnership, is koinonia, mm-hmm. fellowship. Now, what comes to my mind? Uh, what comes to your mind when you think of the word fellowship? A hot dish. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the right. power of a good casserole. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I tell you what, Christians do uh, several things really well, mm-hmm. and potluck is one of them. <laughs> um, and it's usually in a room by that name, mm-hmm. the Fellowship Hall. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, for many people, the concept of fellowship. Is, is really kind of superficial. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sharing a meal together, and there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus did some of his best ministry over meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing wrong with sharing a meal, but Paul was not excited that the Philippians cooked great casseroles. <laughs> right. uh, Paul was excited and, and got so much joy because of the partnership in the gospel mm-hmm. from the first day until now. Whenever you, as you study through Philippians, and we just started this study on Wednesday nights at six forty-five uh, at Wildwood. Whenever we look through, when we when we read through this, it becomes apparent what mattered most to Paul. 
And Paul was a man who was sold out to Jesus Christ. He said in in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm. What, what, is that, what, what does that cause you to think, Deb? What, what does it mean to, for, to live as Christ? Yeah, his sole purpose was exalting Jesus and yeah. sharing him with others. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so it, it, he says things here like, uh, what has happened to me in one twelve? what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Mm. Well, what, what has happened to him? He's been imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And, and he's about to tell us that people are are, mm-hmm. are preaching in order to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And he says, what then? Only that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. So Paul is a man who is 100% sold out mm-hmm. to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, your partnership, your mm-hmm. fellowship in the gospel causes me great joy. Mm-hmm. And then he says in verse 7, it's right for me to feel this way. He probably, I'm sure, has wrestled with, you know, we wrestle with sentimental feelings all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we don't always understand our feelings. But he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you all. I've thought about this. I, I, I've prayed about this. You, you all really hold a place in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. That word partakers is the verbal form of fellowship. Sin kononio. And so he's saying that you fellowshiped with me, not only in my imprisonment, meaning you didn't abandon me whenever mm-hmm. really you could have with, because of the shame associated with this, but also in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think the Philippians were not only financially supporting, though they did do that, and he thanked the Lord for their financial Partnership, and that's important. I mean, you you, you all know yes, the importance totally. of financial partnership, and there's something real to that. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can can go, not everyone can uh, can can create music like like the artists here on Moody Radio. Not everyone can be DJs. Not everyone can do the work of ministry, but everyone can fund it mm-hmm. uh, to some degree. Mm-hmm. And he praised the Philippians for going above and beyond mm. their means. But it was not simply, I think, the financial contribution that he caused him so much joy. There was a heart behind it as well. I, you know, you've probably met people that they are very philanthropic, very benevolent, but their heart's not really in it. They give out of the abundance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give to this, I'll give to that, but their heart's not really in it. The Philippians' heart was really in it. And I think, it, again, it goes beyond financial. I think that it goes, he says, the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I think that the Philippians were out there doing the work that Paul was doing mm-hmm. right alongside him. My, my invitation to your listeners this morning is to ask themselves, what needs to change in their life in terms of their priorities that would cause someone like a Paul, or hopefully your listeners are meaningfully connected to a church, and so they're pastors, they're elders, to think about them with great joy. And writing the biggest check is not necessarily that. It's growing in their faith. It's defending the gospel. It's, being, it's living 
with the same mindset. Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Consider everyone else more significant than yourselves. It's, it's joining with Paul, following and imitating his faith, and living a life that you could say, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So I'll toss it back to you guys. What are some, what are some things you think that, that people can, can uh, wrestle with that would be competing priorities against that to live as Christ and to die as game? Well, just life in general. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you find yourself getting uh, overwhelmed sometimes by the, the have-tos. I call it just the have-tos of life. Sure. You have to take care of, you know, you got to get the kid to the doctor. You got to pay the bills. You got to take care of groceries. What's for right. dinner tonight? Right. The, the everyday of life mm. can overshadow the bigger picture of what's important. Yeah. And, okay. and, it, and you have to put forth effort to prioritize. Yeah. You know, real life is very important and it, it, it don't diminish that at all. Right. But it's not everything. Sure. It's not eternal. Sure. I think this. Ah, she's holding up a cell phone, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the cell phone yeah. has really taken up a lot of time. I mm. look at it, comes to me, you know, every moment. You spent so many hours ah. <laughs> yes. a day on this thing. Yeah. I spent that many hours today right. on this. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of the time I would have if I didn't spend those hours on this thing sure. and actually called, you know, did yeah, something but, with somebody or yeah, yeah, connected but, with people or, I mean, yeah. it's great to have fellowship online. Right. It's not the same. No. As meeting somebody or going out and doing something for somebody yep. yeah, as I've a had, community. I've had to delete some of the, uh, the apps, the social media apps, because sure. they're just so easy. And I still access the social media through my web browser, but it's clunky and mm-hmm. it's frustrating and it doesn't feed me the same endorphins that the app does, mm-hmm. which was designed to keep me on there. <clears throat> and so I hop on so that I'm connected with people that I care about and that I can use the platform to promote the gospel and advance the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that my time on social media has diminished and I've replaced that not with nothing, but with something purposeful. I've gone back to an analog planner, mm-hmm. uh, pencil and paper, and I see right here the priorities of my life. And, and when I look at that, I'm asking myself, have I made that a priority today? Yeah. And it's caused me to be more connected with people than when it was, you know, supposedly mm-hmm. connecting mm-hmm. On, uh, on social media apps. Mm-hmm. I would say this, Seth, uh, I don't want any of our listeners to, uh, to think, oh, well, you know, uh, the the mundane, and I know that you weren't intending this, but I want to really elevate the role of, of the family and, and the, the care of the family as a kingdom priority. Uh, it is not an add-on. It's, it's not a, uh, something that, uh, that, that uh, competes with. No, that, that is how, for many people, we are making disciples in our homes. Uh, the last time I was on True. here, uh, it was, it, the talk was family worship. But your point is still valid. We get overwhelmed with the mundane, yeah. and we just do life without much thought. Right. And, and there's a book called The Tyranny of the Urgent, and and you're just going from <laughs> one thing to the yeah. next. Uh, and so, you know, my encouragement would be to, uh, you know, think through your life and, and, and maybe go back to analog planners. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> think through some uh, priorities. 
Uh, but so how, how do we get to that place where we bring joy to men like like Paul? And I would say like pastors and elders that, that are sold out to Christ. How do we bring joy? It's a partnership in the gospel. Absolutely. Amen. Brian, thank you. Absolutely. Thank Seth. you for the thank insight. You. Thank you for spending some time with us. I look forward to having you back with Always us a pleasure. Uh, in the near future. Amen.